Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, word to Brian Fantana feels like day 100 of Coach Watch. What the hell's going on out here? We're also talking Juicy J, not that one. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first to listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and we are kicking off a new week, Chris, as we anticipate closing in on zero hour as it relates to Texas Tech's men's basketball head coaching search. Man, this has been A bizarre one to behold, Chris, for kind of two reasons on different ends of the spectrum, at least for me personally. Curious to hear from you on your perspective here. But uh, you've gotten to a position where within this search, it almost seems like you identified maybe a favorite or a very short list of favorites. And it sounds like you've had very fruitful conversations with that favorite, that being Grant McCaslin. We've talked about this on the show for the last week, week and a half or two current head coach at North Texas. So that part of it almost seems like, man, you got to that pretty quickly and got it kind of taken care of. But now we've been in this NIT holding pattern as Coach McCaslin's team is still alive in the NIT. Playing Tuesday night, so depending on resolution, I guess, one way or another, maybe that's where we near zero hour. But it's been kind of strange to me, Chris, because you got a target. You've had apparently uh, – conversations that have yielded progress but then you've had this weight on the other end as that team continues to play and I don't know that I've taken in a coaching search that's included all of the above am I fair and in, in the way I'm describing what's taking place so far yeah you know I, I think Grant was uh in this thing from the beginning as we kind of had, had talked about because there's so many ties he's kind of got to to Texas Tech Lubbock and Big 12 uh and I think that the timing made sense on him being a candidate because his team is winning. They're, they've nearly won 30 games this year. Uh, he's got head coaching experience and all that. And I do think they probably talked to, wh- wh- whether heavily or or just kind of reaching out, engaging interest, I, I, I'd i be willing to bet that there was another six to eight other individuals. Uh, but I think, I think uh, Grant fit into that mix, and I just think he's kind of the guy that, that made, made the most sense. And so I, I think that uh, you, you get something this week. That's my, that's my thought. I, I, I would caution that anybody suggesting done deal, he's the next guy. I mean, until you get an announcement, until he stands up there in front of a, a microphone in Lubbock, I would just, you know, you know, but I do think you're in this lull right now where um, it, it's pretty apparent that, that he he's trying to get through his team's season. Okay. And they play tomorrow night at six o'clock in Vegas against Wisconsin. Uh, the, the, the semifinal game of the NIT. And if they win that, they would play Thursday night for the NIT championship. If they lose that their season is over with. And so then at that point, you can kind of start to get some, some closure and everybody can start talking publicly about, uh, what what may go on here. But until that game tomorrow night, we're just kind of uh, sitting here and, and waiting. Uh, so I, 
Well, in that part of it, Chris, I'll, I'll admit just for me on a personal front, uh, gets me puckered up pretty tight. The, the <laughs> nerves don't end because I work personally in a contract business. I'm not a real estate agent. I'm a realtor. It's trademark. There's a big, big difference. And as I sit here, I just think in that kind of business, and I'm sure in all kinds of various contract related businesses out there for Locked on Texas Tech viewers or listeners, time passing before you've seen something signed or like publicly proclaimed is a scary thing. And yeah. I, you know, there are all these things out there about uh, time is the greatest enemy of a deal or an agreement or a handshake or a verbal agreement, whatever it might be. And so that part of it, I've heard from Texas Tech fans. There have been locked on Texas Tech viewers who have commented on YouTube about this. That part of it, I think, has left all of us a little anxious. And it may just be, again, personal bias or things related to, to my own life. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe that's set on more concrete footing as far as any potential agreements uh, set on more concrete footing than we might anticipate. But it just kind of being out there sort of vaguely in the ether uh, just makes me nervous, man. And I, I think it's just almost wholly related <laughs> to what I do day to day from a contract perspective, because I know we've probably all in different walks seen things like that fall apart where at one point on Monday, you felt like, all right, this is a deal that's going to happen. Uh, and then maybe by Wednesday, <laughs> if there hasn't been really something tangible produced, uh, things could, could always change, right? So I just I understand from some perspectives out there I've heard from and certainly from my own why this like standby pattern uh, has led to some anxiety, I think, for a lot of tech fans and maybe some leadership as well as they're trying to get this deal done. Yeah, you know, and, and I'd be willing to bet that because it's been so quiet, look, there was a uh, there was some rumors out there Friday. Uh, end of last week that there was progress made, then then deal struck, whatever, however you read it, whatever it actually said, and then and then the the candidate here that we're discussing had backed out. He was he wasn't going to do this. There was all this out there. It was on the internet and on redraidersports.com and other places, twi the the old twitters and and all that stuff. And but then but then everybody quickly pivoted. Look, I, I I would be willing to tell you that it's been so quiet over the weekend on this front that I I think all parties are comfortable with with the situation. Otherwise, you would have heard more, I think. And I can't say that there's a signed document or anything like that. I just <laughs> think that everybody's trying to be very respectful of the other in in trying to because if if you're if you're Texas Tech and Grant McCaslin is your guy, and he says, "I want to do this, but I want to to be respectful to my team and and where I'm at and all that," just give me give me the, the, these days. If you're Texas Tech, you, you you have to you know you have to respect that or, or abide by it. I mean, it's it's kind of again if if he's the choice, and I believe that he is. So, well, and, and Chris, you're always recruiting 24 hours a day. Yeah. This job, yeah. next job, whatever. And so I think a lot of the ways that you could be handling this, and maybe not so much Texas Tech, but Grant McCaslin himself, I mean, it's part of his pitch to any prospective player. He may be bringing with, he may be bringing to. I mean, a year from now, stuff like this will be on the resume, right? So I, I get wanting to be on the up and up in that fashion. You're selling yeah. yourself at all times. I, and, and I think it, it does right, wrong, or difference. We talked about the other day that this is this says a lot about who he is because I think 
Look, if, if, if he's going to be the next head coach here, do I think he spent some time thinking or, or figuring out what what needs to be done uh, when he when he were to take over? I, I absolutely do. I think uh, but I just think he's trying to handle it the right way, uh, the respectful way. And I think he's you know, it's it's and it's not about recruiting as much as it is trying to recruit a staff. I mean, it's all kinds of recruiting mm. that, that are about to take place if if. Uh, if and when he is named uh, the head coach. But I, I, w- I would just say this. I'll be very surprised if we don't get an official announcement at a press conference uh, by the end of this week. Uh, now, I'm not guaranteeing that. And, again, nothing is done until it is done. Uh, but And and I, I, would, I, I would just think that we'll, we'll know a lot more after tomorrow night or possibly Thursday night. You know, that's just – and it, it the, these hours – and days feel glacially slow, uh, yes. just because. I mean, just it, 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 and we're not even really in it. Okay, imagine if you're right. waiting for the phone to ring because your livelihood and whether speaking of uh, of, of realtor, if, if you need to call one and put your house on the market because you you're not going to stay here, or you need to call somebody like yourself a realtor and you need to purchase one because you're moving here. I mean, th- those are livelihoods. Hit so, me up. Yeah, that's right. That's Coach right. Coach Adams, Coach Jeez. McCaslin, sell, buy, trade, swap. <laughs> Considering interesting trades always. Yeah, man. I mean, there's just so many different levers uh, to work here to try and line it up in, in the right way. And we've got ball game Tuesday night. And is the NIT championship game Friday or Thursday? Is that Thursday, Thursday? night? Thursday, yeah, right? Thursday night. So Wednesday morning or Friday morning. Those are those are your sweet spots there, but I, I just don't okay. think it would be if, if if this is indeed Grant McCaslin, it won't be anything later than Friday morning, uh, just because at that point there is no more basketball uh, to be played. Only crazy as this sounds, only Florida Atlantic, UConn, Miami, and San Diego State will still be playing uh, basketball, like we all thought and predicted in the NIT little correct. bracket pools. Yeah, You're I mean, it NIT. looks like an NIT bracket. I mean. You know, I mean, like if, if it looks like know, a preseason tournament kickoff or whatever, too. you know, out in Atlantis or something. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Just wild, man. The sport well, is absolutely wild. Chris, this has been, and we can pivot away uh, for a moment before we get to Texas Tech football and your new wide receivers coach. But first, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket has arrived. I know you got your favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite and maybe be a winner in the process. You know, I'm voting for that churro, baby. Team Churro 2023. Let me know where you're at at BuiltMarchMadness.com. When you vote for your favorite bar puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. And not only that, but one Locked On fan is going to get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your doorstep. You can't beat that. you got to try Built right now. If you haven't before, Built is the best protein bar ever for real, so amazing, you're not even going to think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? For starters, all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff churro like me. 
or go your own way and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick at BuiltMarchMadness.com. And we can pivot away uh, for a moment before we get to Texas Tech football and your new wide receivers coach, but I kind of feel like this tournament experience has been a real glass of cold water to your sleeping face if you are still groggy and not paying attention to what's happening within college athletics, how the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness uh, monetization rights are impacting specifically college basketball. We've always known that basketball, say baseball, a little bit different. My bad, not mentioning baseball today. I don't know why. I just didn't get it on the list for this episode. Um, (laughs) You think about those sports as much different than football. Like There's great basketball players all over the country, great coaches all over the country. They move up, they move down. But never like they're moving now, never before like they're moving now and with potential monetization on the other end. And I don't know exactly how that applies to the future of tech or Grant McCaslin or whoever it might be, if it's not him, but we think it will be. I I don't know how that applies here necessarily, Chris, but it does just give you some indication, at least it did to me, and I don't want to overstate it, but that things have really really changed because and I don't even know that it's so much the NIL stuff maybe it's just the ease of player movement I'm not so sure maybe what you attribute it to but this this field that we've got set here in the final four and I'm all here for it I I don't care about brand names or blue bloods necessarily some might but I just think it's really giving you a reminder uh, if you needed one that this is not your granddaddy's field of student athletes coaches and teams um, that are are tipping it off here and it's only going I think uh, to change to a more extreme degree until maybe there's some tapping of the brakes um, ease of movement wise for the student athletes. But don't you kind of feel like this has been on display here for anybody that wants to pay attention that we're going to see more of this kind of thing. I, I don't think this is a one-off where you get maybe some, um, some you didn't expect competing for hardware. Yeah. P equals P uh, portal equals parody. I mean, and I think you're seeing that, <laughs> More I thought so. you were going chemistry on me. I was getting so scared all of a sudden to be in the biology lab. Thank oh, you. Was, okay. Yeah, terrible. Like, yeah, Bunsen no, burners and beakers and just smoke. That's why we're on out a beaker podcast. Yeah, and like you got those big old like clear goggles and everything. Yeah, the Jeez. Code Blue station was always fun. Give everybody a laugh, douse yeah. your eyes, whatever. Yeah. They didn't um, like that, though. But, I, I mean, because who San Diego State looks like? They look like you from last year. You know, they're, they're just old. They grind it on defense. They're not real glamorous. They just got this 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 coach that uh, has got this identity and and, and all that. And uh, but I, I just think, and, you know, you have a couple of NIL examples. I mean, it, it, and it just uh, the, the painful thing is watching. And we've touched on this a little bit, but like University of Miami. Nigel Pack, obviously, it was well documented. It came from Kansas State. Uh, it was a hefty price tag that came with that. It was very public. Uh, and, and there was, there was a few others that, that, you know, had some NIL opportunities, but the one player on their team and he was kind of factored into their, to the very end of the game against Texas, uh, thought he was going to get called for the over the back call, but turned out it was a foul on Brock Cunningham, but he hits a couple of free throws, gets a steal and all that was his North shadow mirror who played at Arkansas state prior to, University of Miami was on your campus last year on a visit, uh, wanted to come here. And I think, I think that 
there were some preferences made. Okay, I guess we'd rather have Fardoz, or if Fardoz comes here, we can't get this guy. Or, I mean, I'm like, why, why not both? But uh, the guy's like been a double double <laughs> monster. But it, it it just shows you how quickly you can change the the outlook of your team, you know. And True. I think prime example. You know, San Diego State is a team that we just sat here and talked about. Well, Friday night, I guess it was, they they beat up on the number one overall seed in the country, which was Alabama, and some very highly touted freshmen and, and all that. And it just looked like a bunch of men versus boys. And these are, you know, we talked about the tech dynamic of all the young kids and all that, but these were like 6'9", 6'10", type freshmen. These were... Uh, McDonald's All-American type guys and San Diego State just rolled their sleeves up and beat the, you know, out of them. And and I thought it, it was just men versus boys. And I think that's the, to me, man, that that's just the way to go. I just don't think that you're gonna, you know, you're, you're gonna uh, wow people with with a bunch of freshmen over the years. Not that you shouldn't take any, but I just think if you can get old, stay old. And mature, which is there's a big difference there. And mature, True. I, I just like your chances. But I think that, that this Final Four, because last year it was Duke, Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova. Blue blood, blue blood, blue blood, blue blood. <laughs> now, yeah. UConn, UConn this year, I, I would put it semi in that category. They've won four sure. titles since 99. If they win this year, that's five. They absolutely belong in any conversation you're having uh, with, with whatever. But, you know. Florida Atlantic and uh, San Diego State and Miami, not exactly in that in that category, but it's fascinating. It's fascinating for the well, sport. We talked about it on Friday, right? Like pursuing high school athletes. How do you build a team now? And I, is there 10 high school athletes that can go to a, a tough league and compete immediately? Is there five? I, I don't know, but there ain't many. Um, and I just – I guess that's one part of this, Chris. I, I didn't really anticipate as far as the NIL or transfer portal impact was the total makeover, I guess, as to what would make for a good college basketball team. Um, you know, I remember <laughs> back, I guess this was in the Pat Knight era when we were really getting into to one and done city uh, across the nation. And I remember so often it being, you know, noted how old, you know, some of the guys are for tech. You got these seniors. Here's a fifth year guy. Here's this guy. And I'm thinking, you know, no wonder we stink. Guys don't hang around if they're any good in college basketball. Everybody that's doing anything is young. They're, you know, these flash guys that may be here for a year or less, whatever. And now I guess a decade and a half removed or so from that, it's like flipped back the other way where you're thinking, no, you need gray hair on your roster actually to compete for a national championship or for a conference championship. thousand percent. I, I think you nailed it. I mean, J Jay Crockett's around here were really good. They just weren't like NBA level good. But I think Jay is the prime example of kind of what you talked about. He wasn't an NBA guy, but he was, if you'd, if you'd have had like four or five Jay Crockett's, you, you, you would have made some serious noise, but you just had the, had the one, but your point still stands. I mean, think about it this year in the big 12, Grady Dick, Keontae George are going to be, two freshmen that will go be basically lottery picks uh, other than your freshmen on your roster, you know, give me the long list of, 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 of freshmen in the big 12 that really one played a bunch and then two had any kind of impact. I mean, I could give you those two, the one from Kansas, the one from Baylor, 
but you know, I just, it, it, it's just, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, the, the San Diego state model, uh, I think, uh, is, you know, is something that I think Iowa state kind of looked like this. Certainly, uh, Kansas state looked like this. Um, uh, so anyway, I just, I just think that is, that is certainly the, the way to go. And problem is there's going to be a lot of teams kind of doing that, you know, trying to, that's why it was so bizarre to me that you went one way last year and completely different this year. I just didn't, you won 27 games a year ago in the sweet 16. And I just had a hard time understanding or comprehending it, but again, not, not my call. Well, and that's the other aspect that we hadn't even had a chance to get to yet. When you do actually hire the head coach, we begin to explore what's his philosophy, what's his approach, yeah. uh, how does he want to build a team, what does he want it to look like, whether that's age or any other factor. So hopefully, maybe by this time next week, we're beginning to have those conversations because you possibly have hired a head coach by then. Stick with us this week. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you miss nothing as we root yeah, I think against North Texas. I wouldn't have minded you losing like a week or two. It's kind of weird when you're wanting a coach to be like, all right, see you guys get smoked so we can have your coach. <laughs> it's kind of a, a bit of a conflicting feeling there. But I guess at this point, what's the difference? You're already here this week. Maybe you just want them to win the whole thing. I have no idea. I just want Texas Tech to have a basketball coach, as I think most of us do. And maybe they will within the week. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you don't miss reaction whenever that does Go down right here on Locked On Texas Tech. or switching gears before we're out of here. Coming up next, we're getting back to Red Raider football. Let's hear from the new wide receivers coach. What's he got in his positional room? What's he looking for for guys that he wants to add to that receiver positional group? We'll hear from Juice Johnson next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by America's number one sports book, FanDuel, and with the NCAA tournament on and popping right now is the perfect time to get busy, get signed up, and get started with FanDuel. And right now, new customers are in a prime spot to be on the receiving end of that no-sweat first bet. We're talking up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet don't bank, baby. $1,000. So just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can lay it all on the line on everything from the money line to point spreads, which team is cutting down the nets all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use, even if you're a first timer. So don't miss your shot at the no sweat first bet up to one thousand bucks when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up and make every moment more with FanDuel. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Want to turn the page before we're out of here on this episode and visit Joey McGuire's Red Raider football program. Spring camp is going down and had an opportunity to hear from a new face within the program. One of the more interesting changes this offseason involved the departure of of now former wide receivers coach Emmett Jones, who is now in Norman, Oklahoma, in a similar capacity. 
You bring a guy by the name of Juice Johnson to Lubbock. Familiarity with Coach McGuire. He comes by way of Waco, Texas most recently, but obviously some other stops prior to that as well. Has definitely got a presence, Chris. And I think whenever you see someone identified so quickly by your head coach, if you like your head coach, well, you want to like that guy. And it seemed like this was a very, very quick connection, I say, from the outside looking in between Coach McGuire and Coach Johnson whenever you had to replace your wide receivers coach. So an interesting addition to say the least, and was glad to have an opportunity to hear from Coach Johnson as he talked about his group of wide receivers was an interesting group last year, Chris, but for my money's worth, I think a little bit disappointing, underwhelming, and the biggest problem to me was the inconsistency because we know you've got potential. We know that there are guys there with potential, had some bad luck injury-wise that kind of rolled into that but looking for improvement from 22 to 23. Let's take a listen to Coach Johnson talking about what he looks for in a wide receiver, some of those that maybe could be added to that room down the line. And he also turns to some of what he does feel like is in the room amongst the guys you got right now. Here is Juice Johnson. Always in general, you know, wide receiver traits, you're going to have some different things. I talk to the guys all the time that everybody possesses a dominant trait. So Dre might be a fast guy. JB might be a big guy. Miles might be a twitchy guy, right? Everybody is going to have a different trait that they possess, right? One not better than the other, but we just talk about exercising that dominant trait all the time. So I just want them, whatever their dominant trait is, just exercise that dominant trait all the time when they step on the field and be the best version of themselves. I don't need Miles to be JB. I don't need JB to be anybody else he isn't. I don't need Lowe to be anybody else he isn't. I need everybody to be the best version of themselves. You know, and, and, and it, it didn't didn't used to be this way, but when everybody started running spread offenses and you had multiple, not just not just two outside receivers, okay, and, and you had you know three and four wide receiver sets, wide receiver groups, they all now look like a basketball team. Okay. And what I mean by that is you, you've got you've got small, medium, and large, you know, and you've got guys that could be point guard. You've got guys that could be kind of like the, the the wing guy, and then you've got the post player, and and they're all some are faster, and like what he's talking about there. So it's kind of it's kind of fascinating when you think about the groups uh, that that you see employed this day and age compared to the way it used to be. Like when we were watching the Cowboys, it was Michael Irvin, Alvin Harper, KD, and they're both what six six one six two six three you know both both taller you know taller guys then we kind of got introduced with with slot guys and all that and uh it, but I, I think right now you you do you've got you know Sparkman and you've got Loic and you've got Jerron Bradley and then you've got the Dre McCrays and you've got Miles Price you've got Koy Aiken and Brady Boyd who I think is missing the spring you've got uh, you know, there's just there's all different kind of shapes and 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 skill sets here, and I think it's kind of fascinating. But uh, last year was really it was it was about injury bug and his consistency. I think as you mentioned, and I think Dre McCray helps uh, the speed component. He helps the playmaking component. I think he takes some pressure off of guys like Jerron Bradley and specifically Miles Price, because I think Miles Price has a little more. Um, you know, like not all the focus isn't on him from from being the the hey we're they're going to hand it to him on a jet sweep or get it to him on a bubble screen or or he he doesn't have to feel the pressure of trying to make all the plays and and then I think uh, I think Dre McCray actually 
take some pressure off of Zach Kitley too, because he's going to be one of these guys that I think can take, you know, a 40 yarder and go 70 with it or get past the defense and you hit a 65 yard pass play. And so Zach Kitley is like, well, this is easy calling plays with this guy. Like I don't have to come up with an eight, <laughs> eight, eight, eight to 12 play drive like that. Those two plays that'll work. <laughs> I can save the rest of this stuff on my call sheet. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, but I love the, the coach, man. He, this is a guy that he played at Houston but he also was a GA for Cliff back at A&M. So he, he's got a lot of familiarity with what Cliff's principles are, which is essentially what, what Zach has employed here, and then he's tweaked it and morphed it. But natural fit, and I think you nailed it, man. When Joey calls him and there's a deal done, what, less than a day later, yes, I will do it. Yes, I'll move my family there. Uh, we're in. I think it tells you a lot about the candidate and the head coach and what they thought about each other. Yeah, that was there any other call? I mean, was that the first? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah I think that quickly. was yeah one, and he was one, two, three, four, and five on the list. But uh, luckily, he. Uh, I think again. Remember, if we, we go back to when all this went down, I think this is somebody that they were Joey was interested in from the get go when he first got this job here. Uh, but I think uh, Zach had a, a previous relationship with Emmett Jones, and I think uh, Tech stepped up big time to to buy him at Jones out of his contract at Kansas and so I think that's why there was some you know I don't think it, it necessarily went over very well uh on him kind of bailing out and going to Oklahoma but I think you know you 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 have landed on your feet and then some with uh with coach Johnson great fit yeah excited to see what that group can become in 23 and Miles Price is such an interesting component to this, Chris, because obviously had some bad luck from an injury standpoint a season ago but yes he Essentially, last year, production-wise, had the exact same season that he did the year prior, around 500 yards receiving, um, had about 12, 13 more receptions on the year than he did uh, going back to 21. But I know that's not the season he wanted to have. We all expected him to take that next step to, to really be a guy that was, I don't know, doubling that kind of production or, or getting closer to maybe being a 1,000-yard kind of guy. And it just – it could hardly ever – get off the ground and I know look your O-line stunk so your offense was not going to be great and I'm not one of those statistically that gives a damn about much of that if the points are not mirroring something that resembles winning offense um, but when you're rough uh, roughed up in the trenches obviously that impacts everything quarterback running back wide receivers but the wide receiver group last year I just felt like was up and down kind of all over the map you didn't see Fungi take some big step. You didn't, in my opinion, really see like Sparkman take some big step. Bradley is the guy that I want to see take the biggest step. And to me, he gave you the biggest flashes last year. And there were some periods in the season where maybe there was like a couple few weeks stacked together for him. But sometimes it felt like every other week. Um, I just, I don't know what needs to happen to, to take that next step and be more consistent and impactful as a group. Again, I, I want to be fair in saying I know it's got to start up front for all the guys on the offensive side of the football. Um, but I I feel like there's potential there, Chris. But I, I was underwhelmed and disappointed last year with uh, eventually what you were getting out of some of those guys. And may, maybe I am understating the impact of Miles Price just being in and out. And because I, I know not only like production wise, but uh, emotionally, spiritually, <laughs> the guy that maybe is going to get that positional group going was Miles Price. And if he's in a windsuit, he can't have the same impact <laughs> that he would uh, in a pair of pads. But that was one of the groups from last year 
that I'm really looking at heading into a new season. Obviously, they got a new coach and thinking, all right, can, can you guys take advantage of the potential that we think is there? Am I being too harsh or how did you kind of judge what you expected from them last season and then what the reality turned out to be? Yeah, and, and I think I think it's it's uh, you know part of the problem too was no quarterback continuity. You know, I mean, like you got you, you know timing, chemistry, uh, trying to to you know focus on different things in the offense. Whatever this quarterback was uh, could could major in and all that because you know obviously we had three different starters last year, and I think that's while they are all going to say, "Hey, man, we don't care who the quarterback is. I, I know my job. I know the plays I'm supposed to run. I, I know this and that. I mean, it just doesn't necessarily work like that. Uh, no, because the, the play breaks down sometimes. And yes, feel. Yeah, chemistry. It, 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 and it, <laughs> chemistry and timing and comfort level and all that stuff. That, that that so I think I think one compounds the other. So you know, one of the first things is you mentioned up being better up front, but just quarterback health. And consistency there, I think, right. helps out the wide receivers as, as well. Um, hand but, in but hand, I, right? Why yeah. was the quarterback – why were three used? Because they were broken in half at very <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but but it, it, it's fair to for, – for guys like Bradley and Price and, and Loic, I think those are three guys that have been around here for a bit. And I think it's fair – I think they would tell you the same thing. It's time for me to take a next step. My team needs it, and I think that's very fair. Now – I don't think they all need to like have a thousand yard seasons for you to be successful in offense. But I think that, you know, be, being healthy, being available, being consistent. I think those are all fair asks. Uh, and I think that uh, th- th- they've, you know, again, they're kind of, and that, and that's, what's fascinating is, is like with, with coach Johnson, everybody's immediately asking him about Dre McCray. Cause that's what, that's what we all do in the springtime. You focus on what's new, you, you, you've seen a lot, you know, last season, but like, what, what are the new pieces here? I want to know about the new guy. Right. Well, they're all new to him. Okay. They're all new to him. And <laughs> and so he doesn't know he's watched film. He knows who's been here, but he's not coached any of these guys. Uh, no, knows miles price from some high school uh, connections and things like that. But uh, I, I think that in, in a way that would be good for these receivers to kind of hit the reset button and kind of reestablish yourself because they're having to, there's nothing that's going to be given to them. They're having to earn it. And and with that earning something, you know, it's like typically coaches go with the most consistent guy. So it's not so bad that, you know, that they have a new position coach because I, I think, uh, I think that that'll play well, but we'll see. But that, I, I directly link that to a lot of the quarterback health and, and some of just the lack of continuity at that position and trying to tweak the offense from week to week on what, whatever that quarterback could, could basically focus on. But I know this, you're faster, you're older, uh, and I think you're healthier. So let's hope it stays that way. And by the way, uh, Bradley finishes with about 260, 30-plus catches and two TDs in the last two games. So the memory, the final memory of him uh, is a great one, and hopefully he can build off of that heading into 2023. And sorry, if the expectations are too high, well, look around at where you're playing. We have become accustomed over the years to uh, impactful, not just wide receivers, but wide receiver groups. You, you just jog my memory. I mean, just randomly, Chris, when you're talking about, you know, they don't all have to have a thousand yards. And I was thinking, yeah, but sorry if I want you to blame Joe Filani, Robert Johnson, and Jarrett Hicks for being on the field at the same time. I mean, we really got spoiled in some of those years gone by. I don't know if they ever went three 1,000-yard receivers, but they definitely, in some of those seasons, were going two 1,000-yard receivers, right? I mean, that was like that yeah, was like I, almost a given. 
I think you had, uh, I'm trying to remember, Darren, even even recently, like in the early 2010s, you had Darren Moore and maybe it was at Eric Ward. Both had 1,000 yards on the outside. Uh, you it know, can be uh, done. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I'll never, I'll never forget uh, Tommy Maynard, uh, you know, Carlos Maynard's son, and uh, Carlos Maynard, one of the best guys that's ever come through this program, and brilliant football coach. But his son Tommy was the outside receivers coach, and it was on Tuberville staff. And he, he's he, he's the outside receivers coach. He's got two one thousand yard receivers. Hard to be better than that when you're the coach. It's like I, I, I think my guys are good, folks, and right. and yet. Uh, Tommy Tuberville wanted to go to Cincinnati, and so the whole thing kind of fell apart here. And I'm thinking, this is a cruel profession uh, because here this guy is, this outside receivers coach. He's done the job to the epitome of, of what you're supposed to do and gotten production, got good kids. And then he's sitting there looking like, okay, what's my next move? It just, I was like, this is not fair. <laughs> Uh, Carlos Maynard revered and, and beloved in, in Red Raider circles, I know, but Tommy Maynard always going to be revered and beloved in this Red Raider circle because I believe he was the bridge Jakeem Grant crossed to become a Red Raider. Was he not from, uh, yep. what, Tulsa to Texas Tech, I think? Yep. And uh, he said, uh, he says to me, you know, after that happens and they, they talk about the recruitment and everything, and he's like, you know, I grew up going to games around here and I'm, I grew up, you know, being around Tyrone Thurman and all that. And he's like, that's who this kid was. Not only was he, was he wrong uh, about that? He was really wrong because Jakeem Grant, I think was a lot better than Tyrone Thurman. And, 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 I, and I would have, I would have told you like, if he could be any close to and that's not taking anything away from right. Tyrone Thurman, but Jakeem Grant, I mean, but he got hurt recently, but, this is somebody that was NFL uh, guy. This yep. is somebody that uh, was getting paid well to do this. Uh, and, and I just think he's a, he's a college highlight film. So anyway, but I, I think there's some Dre McCray comparisons there a little bit. Miles Price also kind of in that, but but they've got they've got to go prove it now. Those two guys on the field at the same time. I mean, oh, if, yeah. if Dre McCray can live up to yep to some opportunity, they, they'd be yeah, that'd be yep. kind of fun. But I, and back to Grant, it jogs another memory of just one of the most interesting combinations personnel wise. I think anybody's ever thrown out on the field, which was uh, uh, the Grande esque Jason Morrow and the diminutive esque Jakeem Grant as your two inside guys. <laughs> that was quite a sight to see, and uh, highly versatile, highly effective. So. Would love to see something versatile or otherwise be highly effective under Coach Johnson in 2023. Looking forward to that, getting off and running. And, of course, we'll have plenty more from spring football camp here this week as we also wait with bated breath for resolution on a men's basketball coaching front. We'll be here for you whenever that happens, so make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you miss nothing. Chris, enjoyed the time and the perspectives as always, man. Thanks. Thank you, Coach Cowan. Enjoy the uh, rest of the week. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Happy uh, uh, happy Monday to you. Happy NIT. Happy Final Four, whatever you're into. And uh, keep hope alive, people. <laughs> Never been more into the NIT than I am this year. And I'm yeah. actually thinking about turning on a game this week. I may even just I will definitely do it. Game. Yeah. But it just crossing the radar at all is like a totally new experience. Uh, but either way, we are nearing, we believe, resolution all right for chris level i'm casey cowan again subscribe on youtube so you never miss an episode thanks for making us your first listen each day and we hope for your second listen you'll check out locked on college basketball right here on the locked on podcast network it's your one-stop college hoops shop on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts 
That's Locked On College Basketball for your second listen. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.